0: PTJ podcasts are made possible by the American Physical Therapy Association. Physical therapists diagnose and treat people of all ages with all types of health conditions to help keep them moving and functioning in daily life. We really need standards for what we call CBT in these clinical trials.
1: The truth of the matter is that physical therapists are generally more accessible to the older adult populations than our health psychologists.
0: I think we need better research studies documenting that, in fact, physical therapists can effectively deliver these treatments.
1: I think we have a model for that kind of education post professional education.
2: Welcome to this PTJ podcast discussion for May 2009 Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Patients with Chronic Pain. Our participants today are Dr. Frank Keefe, a clinical psychologist at Duke University in Durham, North Carolina and Dr. Kathy Beisner, a physical therapist at Ithaca College in Ithaca, New York. Dr. Beisner is the lead author of a report published in the May 2009 issue of PTJ which surveyed physical therapists in the United States on their use of cognitive behavioral therapy for older adults with chronic pain. Our moderator today is PTJ editorial board member Dr. Chris Maine. And now, Chris Maine.
3: Welcome to the podcast. My name is Chris Main and I'm a psychologist at Kew University in England, clinical psychologist by background. Today we're going to be discussing an important research report in physical therapy by Kathy Beisner and she's joining us as is Dr. Frank Keefe from Duke University.
1: It's really nice to be here. Thank you, Chris.
3: I am also uh, pleased to be here and I look forward to this discussion. Well, I say thank you. Thank you both very much for agreeing to join in this discussion. Discussion really has been stimulated by Kathy's interesting survey that I'm going to be asking about in a few moments. But just to start with, um, I wonder whether Frank, I might ask you to help us a little bit with what you see as being the key features of cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: Yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy is an approach that was developed as an alternative to traditional medical management for chronic pain conditions. And as many people know, traditional medical management, surgical management does not help a lot of people with chronic pain. They continue to have problems with pain even after having multiple medical and surgical treatments. So cognitive behavioral approach represents a different perspective and the treatment is usually done in a series of interactive sessions that have three basic components. The first is educating patients, giving them a rationale for why cognitions, things like thoughts, beliefs, expectations can influence pain the rationale that also emphasizes how emotions can influence pain. There are skills that they can use to change the impact that thoughts and feelings and their own behaviors can have on pain. So that's one component, sort of an educational rationale. The second is the actual training and skills. Typical elements might include relaxation training, imagery, training and problem solving, and cognitive restructuring. The third component is training and strategies to help people maintain the learned skills that they've been introduced to. And as anybody that's tried to change a habit or a behavior such as overeating or smoking, anybody knows it's a challenge to try to maintain these behavioral changes over time. So a major focus of treatment is helping people learn how to keep these skills into their daily routines over long time periods and to deal with the inevitable pain flares and ups and downs that occur in your ability to apply these skills.
3: Frank, may I just follow up? Kathy's survey was really based on the use of CBT by physical therapists in older adults. Do you see any special opportunities or challenges in general trying to apply CBT principles to older adults?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. First of all, um, I think the older adult population represents a real opportunity. It's a really great population to work with because so many older adults have pain. If we just look at osteoarthritis alone, which is the most common pain problem in older adults, over 75% of older adults have osteoarthritis, and pain is the primary symptom of that. So there are many opportunities for older adults to apply what they learn about CBT to their pain and the thing that we found in our research with older adults, they're very open to using these techniques and seem to benefit from them substantially.
3: Thank you. I wonder if we could move on, Kathy, to ask you a little bit about what stimulated you to set up this survey and two to the, the key findings.
1: Sure. Well, the survey was really born out of my own clinical experience and that of my co-author, Carrie Reed. Both of us have been working with older adults for quite some time and find the management of older adults with chronic pain to be particularly challenging. They may benefit from a treatment approach for some period of time, but then it doesn't really seem to last very long, so they have a lot of remission. The other thing that we found is that there's so many maladaptive coping strategies or pain behaviors that really need to be addressed, not the pain itself, but the activity limitation, the withdrawal, and the social isolation. So while we might see some improvements gained, at least in the short term, with physical therapy focused on pain management and a focus on increase in function, our clinical experience shows that it just doesn't last long term. So there's interesting results in the psychological literature regarding the effectiveness of integrating cognitive behavioral therapy for decreasing disability in adults with a variety of pain syndromes. But most of this research has been done on working-aged adults. So we were interested in whether or not we might be able to apply some of those findings to the older population because, as Frank just mentioned, it's a really interesting and challenging population to work with. So like Frank was mentioning, they're very receptive to these techniques. But another wonderful thing about this population is that since most of them are retired, they also have more time on their hands that they might be able to practice the techniques during the day. So another thing that was of interest to Carrie and myself was the fact that the CBT mindset is consistent with physical therapy philosophy and that it's focusing on function rather than specifically on the pain and striving to increase activity levels. And some of the techniques that are used by cognitive behavioral therapists, such as relaxation techniques, are also used by physical therapists. So obviously we believe that integrating cognitive behavioral techniques in physical therapy practice may enhance the effectiveness of our PT treatments. And so the survey was really a first step towards this line of research to get an idea of how much physical therapists are already using these techniques.
3: Thank you, that's very interesting. I just wondered whether you could let us know of any particularly interesting or surprising findings that came out of your survey.
1: Well, it, it was very interesting to me to see how much physical therapists actually do a couple of the techniques. The results were that 81% of the respondents indicate that they always or frequently incorporate activity pacing into their treatments of older adults with pain and also that they address pleasant activity scheduling with this population. One more thing that was surprising to me was the little use of relaxation training. Only 16% of physical therapists said that they use this technique when they're working with older adults with pain. And this is a strategy that physical therapists will incorporate into other areas of practice relatively frequently, at least in my clinical experience. I used it on my very first clinical affiliation with the pulmonary population but I think that for some reason physical therapists aren't thinking of using it with patients who have chronic pain.
3: Have you any comments on that front?
0: Uh, I think that the only thing that you might want to consider is the meaning of these terms. For example, what relaxation training entails might be different when a physical therapist is responding to that than when a psychologist is responding to it. (laughs) So um, you didn't define the techniques people simply responded to the brief survey so so that's something i think to keep in mind when interpreting this
1: you're absolutely right on that i mean the fact that eighty one percent indicate that they talk to their patients about pacing their activities is that just a passing remark about you need to slow down you need to stop before the pain flares up or is it that time-based pacing that you see so often in the psychology literature such as in john otis's book from which a lot of these intervention ideas were drawn giving them very structured practice to really work on activity pacing that's a really good point that you bring out there that we don't know the extent to which these things are emphasized in the physical therapy treatments
0: i think that's a key acknowledgement it doesn't mean that one couldn't find out that information one could structure another study to look at that in more detail if one was interested in you know i think what you say is absolutely true
1: The important thing, though, that we're bringing out in this is how interested physical therapists really are in this. But then the next part of the survey really addressed the extent to which they're interested in incorporating these kind of strategies more. And to me, that was the encouraging finding here. And the fact that so many physical therapists are interested in cognitive restructuring, are interested in these different techniques, shows that physical therapists really do understand that their own approach isn't necessarily the end-all, be-all to rehabilitating patients who have chronic pain. There's another component that that likely is going to fill out that treatment picture a bit more.
3: I wonder if I might just comment on some of the research studies that we're trying to undertake at the moment in England. We've got a trial running called the START-BACK trial. The protocol is available in BMC musculoskeletal disorders by Hay et al. in 2008. And I mention this because what we've been trying to do in this trial is not so much train physical therapists to become full-blown cognitive behavioral therapists, which I think is a highly technical and skilled uh, operation, if you like, but really to incorporate the general cognitive behavioral principles in terms of taking into account patients' beliefs, emotions, and behavioral responses in the context of reactivation. And I just wonder whether, Frank, there is a place for changing the traditional biomechanically and biomedically focused approach to include a more systematic approach to managing the psychological characteristics of a patient's presentation, which is something less than full-blown CBT.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree about that and have participated in training of physical therapists along those lines and I'm currently involved in a trial in Australia where we're training physical therapists in techniques to deliver some of these interventions, not calling this CBT, but really viewing it as a skills training approach based on cognitive behavioral principles.
3: Yes, I think that's very helpful because sometimes it seems as if there's a bit of a turf war going on about who owns CBT. Uh,
0: I don't see it so much as a turf war. I think the argument is more accurately characterized. If you're going to do this, how do you do it? and I think people are concerned have been doing it for a while when the treatment is done in a way that doesn't really fit with what we know about principles of changing behavior for example extremely brief interventions delivered by people that have very little training with no ongoing supervision no interactive learning or minimal interactive learning and sandwiched in amongst a number of other things that happen to be happening in a session but that approach doesn't really fall under the rubric of CBT And I'm one of the strong advocates that we really need standards for what we call CBT in these clinical trials that are now appearing. There need to be standards as to when is a treatment actually meet what we would call a CBT or CBT inspired treatment. And I think it has to include some of these basic elements I've just mentioned.
3: What's your take on this, Kathy?
1: Well, I agree. I think that would be extremely helpful. You you look at the literature and the definitions of a cognitive behavioral perspective or cognitive behavioral therapy, it varies from article to article. I think it would be very helpful to have standard definitions of what is cognitive behavioral therapy or cognitive behavioral techniques. I do think, though, I'm encouraged to hear both of you speak about the importance of training physical therapists or having physical therapists be able to apply some of these principles in practice because the truth of the matter is that physical therapists are generally more accessible to the older adult populations than our health psychologists. So developing training programs, educational programs to help physical therapists develop their skills in this area are very much needed. I
3: wonder, Frank, can you give us some idea of how much training you think is needed to get people to be useful in tackling these specific behaviors?
0: Well, I think it's much more than we're seeing in the literature. I think what we're seeing in the literature now is a growing use of inexperienced therapists, is a growing use of students. Some of these individuals have little experience with pain conditions. Many of the people lack basic background and familiarity with principles of behavioral or cognitive psychology. The other thing these trials show us is that the amount of training given to these therapists before actually working with patients is minimal, sometimes just a two- or three-day workshop. Often, there's no description in the articles of ongoing supervision, which is really critical to master these skills. I think, too, we have to think about therapists who deliver CBT, that that whole process of delivery and training needs to be just as systematic as what we're encouraging our patients to do. And I think that we're falling woefully short in the literature. This is a problem I see not only in studies by non-psychologists, but by psychologists as well.
3: Well, it's a clear challenge you set this, Frank uh, Kathy. How do you think we might take things forward in terms of improving the quantity and indeed the quality of the use of cognitive behavioral techniques by physical therapists?
1: You know, it's interesting, and there's a model for this out there right now within the geriatric section of the American Physical Therapy Association. There is a series of courses now to certify physical therapists as specialists in exercise therapy for older adults. And it has a series of workshops, like two-day workshops and and then work in between and then more two-day workshops and tests and things like that. I think we have a model for that kind of education, post-professional education. And I do believe this should be post-professional. I think physical therapists need to practice for a while to really understand the patient-therapist interactions.
3: Frank, do you see any other recommendations that we might have about taking things forward?
0: Well, my own personal impression is that before we can jump to integrating this into clinical practice, I think we need better research studies documenting that, in fact, physical therapists can effectively deliver these treatments and that they have significant impacts on how patients are doing. And I think that there are models in the psychotherapy literature. For example, the Beck Institute has a model for training therapists who are about to participate in randomized clinical trials. It features initial training workshops, but doesn't stop there because the recognition is that cognitive behavioral treatment requires more than just a few days' workshop. It also requires that you have ongoing supervision and training throughout the trial, so there are weekly sessions conducted with institute staff as you're going through the trials. And what this institute does is actually contract with individual RCTs to provide that initial and ongoing training
3: it certainly seems to me there's reasons for optimism um, but not false optimism because I think what I hear from both of you is a really clear need for being much more systematic about what we do in terms of really measuring what we actually do with patients because I think that some of the low back trials that I've been looking at and have been involved in were not at all clear what was actually done we were focusing on outcome and input characteristics and we have really made a fairly poor job in general about looking at what's done but our time is reaching an end any more general observations
0: well one thing i wanted to touch on was the findings regarding cognitive restructuring it did seem that people felt that they lacked knowledge with regard to the use of cognitive restructuring in physical therapy sessions and i think that's appropriately so i think of all the skills that i teach psychologists cognitive restructuring is the most challenging particularly when it's not the only skill you're teaching people in fact you're teaching many other things And particularly in populations where depression, anxiety disorders can be prominent, if you don't have that training and background and use of that skill, you can really have your hands full at that point. So I know that that's one area in particular. I think these points that we've raised about the need for training, ongoing supervision is absolutely critical.
3: Kathy, have you got any closing observations?
1: I just want to touch on what Frank just mentioned, and that is uh, cognitive restructuring. I do believe that physical therapists can address the issue with patients just so that they begin to be aware of the impact of their cognitions on their emotion and on the intensity of their pain. But certainly taking it beyond that level is going to be very important for us to, to identify screening mechanisms, to identify which patients really need help of a clinical psychologist because these people who have chronic pain are so susceptible to serious consequences.
3: Well, there are a lot of trials going on currently into screening and targeting in various populations, and I think the days of the one-size-fits-all are certainly past. But just let me thank you both very much indeed for what's been a very pleasant conversation, and I hope our listeners find it of some interest. So thank you very much indeed, both of you. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: Thanks for listening. This is a production of Science Audio, online at www.scienceaudio.net. For comments or suggestions for upcoming topics, email ptj at scienceaudio.net or leave a voicemail at 626-593-7825.